and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And thank you for listening uh, to our podcast this week. We have as our very special guest this week, our friend Joy, Joy J. Moore, who is a professor of biblical preaching here at Luther Seminary and a friend of ours. And we're just so delighted that she took the time to uh, come join us for this podcast. So thanks, welcome Joy, yay. Thank you for having me. Uh, And thanks for providing this incredible resource. Um, These kinds of questions are in all of our imaginations. And so it's kind of nice to let, to know that someone else is thinking them and then to hear at least some reflections on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so as usual, uh, we have some listener uh, questions that we're going to address today. And uh, for those of you listening, if you don't know this already, if you go to enterthebible.org, there's a a box there you can click on and enter a question. And we'll do our best uh, to address as many questions as we can. So the question for today comes from a listener uh, about John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8. Uh, And this listener says, uh, about the woman caught in adultery, where was the man, or did she do it alone? Were current customs such that men were not adulterers, maybe victims? Certainly grace is present, but my confusion remains. So maybe it would help if we just kind of summarize the story real quick. Uh, So a woman caught in adultery, she's brought before Jesus, just the woman, not the man. Uh, brought before Jesus, and um, they uh, ask his judgment on her, right? They're ready to stone her. Uh, And Jesus famously stoops down and writes in the dust. And then uh, he looks up and says, oh, no, he first he says, let those without sin cast the first stone. Is that right? And then he writes in the dust, and he looks up and everybody has left. And it's just the woman herself. And he says, go and sin no more. Is that right? He forgives her sins and says, go and sin no more. Okay, so there's the story. Joy, where was the man? Yeah. Did she do it alone? She did First not. How, I don't how can think you commit adultery alone? I don't yeah. think yeah, you do. That's commit not a thing. No. That much no, no. I can be pretty sure of. Uh, <laughs> so I, I want to begin by just noting that whenever we are trying to understand um, a message or an idea, that's been preserved in a storied scenario, it's easy for us to become distracted because our minds naturally fill in the gaps for the pieces that aren't there. And and so um, that's that's what happens is that we sort of deviate and go, well, wait a minute, there's some missing scenes or there's some missing um, characters in this. So so in in this particular particular scene, setting it up is important. And so it's not just that we have a group of men who have decided to bring this guilty woman to Jesus. Um, they, They had another agenda. It wasn't about the adultery. It wasn't about the woman. Um, It was about Jesus. This was, this was part of the plot to get Jesus. So I'm going to hold off on that for just a second to to come back in into this idea, uh, because I love that the questioner asked um, um, that we need to understand what the customs are, uh, and and more importantly, um, uh, could could the guy have been a victim? 
Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I had never thought about that before. I, I mean, we we just don't we just don't think in terms of particularly in ancient times uh, that a, a man could be a victim. Wow. Um, in our current culture, to ask that is risky uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we don't assume that a woman then would have the kind of agency. Right. Uh, even if we know the stories of Samson and Delilah or <laughs> it happened Jezebel who scared the pants off Elijah. Okay, I probably shouldn't have said it that way. But... <laughs> in the uh-huh. in context. We, we know, we know the, yeah, know the same. Or Nabon and, and, and Abigail. And, yeah. and yet in each of these stories, as well as others, the women not only have agency, but they are to be feared. Hmm. Of course, I just digress because I love these stories, but I loved that particular uh, uh, portion of the question. Hmm. Um, but uh, to go back to uh, the setup of this plot, you know, so they're not interested in in um, the man who, if I were to use my uh, unsanctified imagination, may have been in the crowd in the plot against Jesus. Hmm. Um, and, and so the other kinds of questions become, were, were they married? Was he married? Um, was, was she married and, and yeah. to, to someone else? I mean, there are all kinds of questions that can, that can be raised in this. And, and one of them that begins to, um, to, to settle for me is that um, this isn't a question of immorality. Um, it's a, a question, or I should say adultery isn't a question of immorality as much as it is a question of the jealousy of the spouse. Mm-hmm. So this question that uh, our listener is asking is, is spot on. Where is the man? You know, because if I'm the jealous spouse, then I want after him. Why isn't he bringing brought, brought forward? And my unsanctified imagination could say, well, maybe he already got taken out, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, so if adultery is more about jealousy and a response, mm-hmm. then there is so much that is missing in this particular scene, not in the way that we're reading it, but in, in the way the gospel writer has put it in the life of Jesus because this is about a plot against Jesus. And marriage and adultery are about the ultimate betrayal of trust. Hmm. And so if this woman has committed adultery or she is caught in the act of adultery, then there is this betrayal of trust. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of what Jesus is doing with us is to recover the relationship that we have with God after we have done the ultimate act of betrayal, Hmm. choosing God's promises without being in relationship with God, choosing the good life without God, wanting justice without Jesus. And so that story is what makes this a, a centuries old compelling story, as great as the listener's question is. And, and, and what's really interesting is to keep it going, that 
if this is about the accusation, then um, it, somebody somewhere preached this when I was a kid, and I can't get it out of my mind. And that is, Jesus says, okay, so whoever is without sin, you cast the first stone. And then he gets in the sand and he starts writing the list of sins. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I like that. I like that. Because I can't nice. stop yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> a nice interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, say this. This is really helpful, Joy. Say a little more about how they're trying to trap Jesus. Like, why is this about Jesus? Yeah, so... Um, in, 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 this, in, the, in the Gospel of John, um, we have this constant question of who Jesus is and the things that he keeps doing, particularly the grace that he extends, healing the blind, raising the dead, um, you know, caring for the uh, outsider, um, feeding the hungry. Um, in every one of those acts, he is judging the people who are supposed to be the religious leaders who mm -hmm. are supposed to have Israel's back. Right. And messing up this good thing that they have in alliance with the government. Mm -hmm. And so he, their good thing is being compromised by Jesus. And the people are following Jesus, not just because he makes the best lunches or his mother knows <laughs> how to find the best wine, um, but <laughs> because of the life that they are experiencing in his presence. And so these guys are like, dude, you're getting popular. You're messing us up. We've got to stop you. We've got to get these people back following our lead so that we can live the cushy life that we have in, in this relationship with Rome and with Herod. And, and so what they want to do is in the name of their religiosity, they want to say, Jesus, you're not following the very rules of God. Hmm. And Jesus is exposing, really, if you knew my father, then you would know who I am. If you understood what these rules were about, then you would live differently. And that's the story or the action of Jesus that is continually happening over and over again throughout the Gospel of John. That's, that's really helpful. Uh, um, I'm reminded of, uh, of John 7, 24, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment, right? That, mm. That's uh, our, our helpful uh, uh, guru, uh, uh, media guru, just uh, put that in, in the chat feature here. That's why Good I'm job, okay. Ben. But yeah, yeah, Ben, thanks, Ben. Uh, so, so there, so Jesus isn't doing what they the religious leaders that is think he should be doing right they they're the they're the religious authorities they're the ones that should be um you know regarded by jesus and and you know in conversation with jesus and and you know re not revered maybe but at least respected by jesus right but he's he's kind of a thorn in their side right and he's associating with the the no good the nobodies of society and so they're like hey this isn't you know this isn't going the way that we think it should so how about we bring this woman right use this woman as a as a kind of pawn in this and see how you treat her right of all the people you know that jesus should condemn surely it would be a woman caught 
in adultery. This this would be a clear cut case of right. like what you're supposed to do. Right. And he and he confounds them. Exactly. And it and it's worth saying that in the Old Testament, adultery is at least in some texts punishable by death. Right. But both for both the man and the woman, I should say. Oh, good. At least they're both getting. Yeah. At least they're both condemned to death. And this isn't right. I want to go back to something you said earlier, Joy. It's this isn't just immorality. Right. This isn't promiscuity. Right. There's a different you know, if you sleep with someone before marriage in the Old Testament, the punishment or the, the consequences, you got to get married, right? That's not, that's not a, a capital punishment kind of thing. It's Depends adultery, which is, which is breaking that covenant, right? Breaking right. The, the covenant of, uh, of marriage uh, that, is, that is really the, the bad thing in adultery, yeah. And the irony then becomes uh, that what they've done is they, they want to accuse Jesus of betraying the communal trust of what it means to be, to practice Judaism. Mm-hmm. And they are in fact doing it because they don't mm-hmm. recognize him as the one, the Messiah that has been promised. Mm-hmm. So, and and uh, I think it was N.T. Wright who points out that if you read farther in the story, or if you continue to the next scene, um, they abandoned this, let's get Jesus by, you know, getting him to follow the law of Moses and condemn this woman for what everybody knows is a, a condemnable crime. Um, they start to call him uh, a demon possessed. And, and the word mm-hmm. there is uh, translated actually means the accuser, Hasatan. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing is they are accusing Jesus of being the accuser. And, and so once again, in this twist of how every act of grace that Jesus extends becomes an act of judgment against the person who really isn't completely committed to the justice and righteousness of God. So Jesus' extension of forgiveness to this woman judges these guys. Right. And and it's it's like a major slap in the face. And when you when you pay attention to the details in the story, it says that the older ones left first. Hmm. And basically what you see there is the older ones in that culture would have the respect. And if they say, Jesus is a thorn in our flesh and we got to get rid of him, then the younger ones are like, okay, don't fully understand it, but I trust you. But if you're not going to stone them, okay, I'm not going to, I don't, I, I don't know what uncle Leroy didn't do or did do, but <laughs> I ain't throwing the first stone, but buddy, you going to do no. And all of them walked away huh. until just Jesus and the woman. And she says, so are you going to condemn me? And I know this isn't the words of John, but I just think all of the gospels tell the same story of Jesus. And in Matthew, we have that. And in Luke, we have the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, that God would forgive us as we forgive others. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is showing her that forgiveness, neither do I condemn you? Man, what kind of witness for the grace and presence of the peace of God do you think that woman became after that moment? And we know what happens to the guys. 
they keep trying to go after Jesus until they are actually successful. Right. But then in a twist, they're not all the way successful because, (laughs) spoiler, he rises from the dead. (laughs) 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 Oh, isn't that the season that we're in right now? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. That's the wonderful thing of the season of Easter is the opportunity to be able to tell the story Mm -hmm. of the twist that God's good, God's righteousness and justice is going to win out even against the laws and customs that we put in place to try and copy what God promises to give us. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful, Joy. That's really beautiful. I love that, you know, neither do I condemn you, right? You and that, that grace extended to her. I also, I'd forgotten that detail about the older ones leaving first. Like maybe they, you know, they, they've had more time to accumulate sins, who knows, but right. They, they know their own guilt. Uh, and, and so they leave, but don't like my stuff on the ground, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I love that. I love that yeah. sermon illustration. That's really great. Yeah. That I, is nice. The, uh, yeah, I just want to say we, we were, uh, you know, talking about the possibility of the man as a victim at the beginning. I, it, whether or not he was, certainly the woman is a victim here, or at least, you know, I mean, I, I just want to be clear about that to our listeners, that we do obviously feel empathy for the woman who, again, it takes two to tango, right? Absolutely. And the man is nowhere here. So she's the one who bears the brunt of that, of that, uh, what, of the rage and the, yeah, the patriarchal shame, the kind shame, of the control and the shame. The yeah, the accusation. Yeah. Yep. In, 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 in my little twist where I said, could the men, both her husband and the adulterer, be in the crowd? Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That, that's my thickening the plot to say mm-hmm. the men, all of the men, in going after one man was willing to expel a woman. Yeah, right. And in, in, in that culture, very right. likely. Um, if that woman was caught in adultery, you know, this question or not, not, notwithstanding, she was the victim of someone doing something to her that she couldn't prevent. Yeah. And, and, and so often we know that that is still true, um, even today, where uh, women have agency, but men still have a, a more aggressive power in this way. So thank you for, for yeah. making that clear, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, and but at the end, of course, uh, what the, your emphasis, Joy, on on grace and on forgiveness and on reconciliation uh, is just a, a, a great word to take away uh, and theme to take away from this uh, from this story. And I love how you connect it with the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So uh, you can you can imagine this woman then. Uh, being a, a witness that's, uh, you know, giving her testimony uh, about God's grace, about God's forgiveness, uh, and um, yeah, and being reconciled uh, to her community again. So, and it becomes another twist because exactly. she was easily dispelled, you know, kill her, we move on. Uh, she now becomes another loud voice. Mm. So, Jesus and telling the story of his grace and forgiveness and the abundant life that he offers. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you so much. You're, I, I 
you're a preacher, Joy. That will preach. That will preach. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners for listening to this episode of uh, the Enter the Bible podcast. You can get lots more podcasts and courses and commentaries and resources and videos and other reflections at enterthebible.org. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and uh, share the podcast with a friend if you found it helpful. Thanks for joining us.